Hey church, it's so, so good to have you with us in our Good Friday service. We're so glad that you could join us. I wanna just say a special welcome to you as well. If you're a first time guest with us, on behalf of Steve and I and the rest of our campuses, our lead pastors, Pastor Luke and Marilyn, we just wanna say welcome. We're so glad that you've come to join us today. Um, Such a special Sunday or Friday as Good Friday is. Let me pray before I get into my message. Father, we're so thankful, Lord, that we can gather in our homes right now. And in this season, Lord, at this time, I pray, God, that You would touch us right where we are. God, You would speak to us. You know exactly where we're seated right now. And You know what's going on in our world. You know our worries and our concerns. And God, we thank You, Lord, that You are a God who is greater. And right now on Good Friday, as we put our sights towards You, And as we look toward the cross, God, and all it means to us, I pray that You would bless this Word and bless each of us in our homes and in our families. In Jesus' Name, Amen. Amen. I've got a message for you this morning that I really wanna bring to you, and it's called, Before There Was Sunday, There Was Friday. You know, uh, our oldest son, Judah, was absolutely obsessed with the Narnia movies when he was younger. And after he watched The Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe, we always had to have sword fights. We always had to have these big grand battles with swords and shields. And it was very exciting. And whenever somebody would die and be defeated, it wasn't, we didn't need to panic because Judah would come and he would use the healing cordial, just like Lucy's, uh, to, to bring us back to life. And there we were, we would get up and we would begin to fight again. Well, one day when Judah was about three and I was hugely pregnant with our second son, Rocky, we had a mouse in our house. And this mouse would torment me. I mean, I was having nightmares about this mouse, but we just couldn't catch him. And I said to Steve, that mouse has got to go. You have got to get rid of it. I cannot have a baby with a mouse in the house. And so we had to resort to the tried and true snap and trap, mouse traps. And so Steve set a bunch of mouse traps in the garage because that's where little Mousy was hiding out most of the time. And He put the peanut butter on to attract the little mouse and we set them, set a couple, we closed the doors. A couple of days later, sure enough, Steve walked into the garage and there was little Mousy gone to Mousy heaven. But before Steve could close the garage door and discreetly dispose of little Mousy, Judah walked through the door and saw him lying there. Oh, you should have seen the look on his face. And then with childlike faith, he looked at us and he said, but mummy and daddy, we can just use the healing cordial, right? And there it was, a conversation that we had to have with him, where we had to let him know that this time, the healing cordial, well, it wasn't gonna work. You know, there comes a point in every child's life, there comes a point in every young person where that they experience their first disappointment. They experience that that's life happening, that's just life moment. When life isn't how we expected it to be, when it doesn't turn out how we want it to, it's a moment where it's as though they've gone round to the back of Disneyland and they're seeing Mickey having an argument with Donald. I mean, it's like those first moments where all of a sudden the world as you thought it is not what it actually is. And I think if we're honest, all of us can say that even in our lives as adults, we have moments like that. 
we have experienced a lot of that's life moments. Moments where disappointment comes in. Moments where something just hasn't turned out as we expected it to. A moment when life is all of a sudden very different to what we had planned. And I think we can all be honest and say that right now in the situation that we all find ourselves in, life looks very different, doesn't it? It looks different to what you thought it would look like a month to two months ago. And many of you right now, you might be facing a whole lot of disappointment. You're probably facing disappointment because events and plans have had to be cancelled. You're probably facing disappointment because you can no longer see your family members and some of you were looking forward to visits overseas or family visiting us here in New Zealand and and that can no longer take place. If some of you are facing the disappointment of a, a loss of income, a lost job, a redundancy and what you're looking into is a future that's uncertain And that can really bring uh, a sense of um, not being sure about what's going to take place. And it can be a really hard time that you're walking in. And it's in these moments in life where questions begin to arise. And if we're honest, we all begin to ask questions about faith. We begin to ask questions about where is God? We ask questions about where is He in this circumstance? What is His plan? How will the future look? How is this gonna turn out? And I think we all ask questions like that in our life. And many times it can be in these seasons that we feel like giving up, that we don't know how it's gonna end up. And sometimes the loss and the disappointment and the grief and the confusion can feel very, very overwhelming. Do you know on Good Friday, I often find myself thinking about the disciples on that day, on Good Friday. Because I think that even though Jesus told them it would happen, that He was gonna go to the cross and He was gonna die this horrific death, even though He explained to them this is gonna take place and even though they would have heard and they would have Um, heard about all of the prophetic words and the prophecies that had been, I don't think anything could have prepared them for the loss that they felt. See, this was their saviour. This was their their healer. He was their redeemer. He was their king. He was was the, the proclaimed king, the one they'd all been waiting for. He was their leader. He was their teacher. Church, he was their friend. And on that Friday, their pain and their discouragement and their disappointment and their grief would have been overwhelming. And then they had to face Saturday. Oh, the Saturday where I'm sure that their doubts and all of their questions and all the uncertainties would have risen to the surface and everything in them would have been wrestling for attention. You see, we have read the end of the story. We know how it pans out. We know the punchline. We know that Sunday is coming and victory is on its way. But sometimes, sometimes the Fridays and the Saturdays in our life feel like they go on for a really long time. And those days can feel very slow, very lonely and very long. And Sunday can just sometimes seem way too far off to wait for. 
And I want us to talk this morning, on this Good Friday, I want us to look at the question of where is God in this season? Where is God in my circumstance? And the first thing I wanna say to you is that Christ is at work in you. Christ is at work in you. You know, I had to get my eyes tested recently. I, I wear glasses now and a few months ago, I went and got my eyes tested. I was beginning to squint at everything. I was, you know, leaning into the TV and into my laptop and was squinting as I was driving. I was finding it difficult to see. So I thought it's probably best I would go and get my eyes tested. And I've never actually been to an optometry before to get my, an optometrist before to get my eyes tested. And so it was a brand new experience for me. And look, I've got to be honest and say to you, I didn't like it. I just did not like the experience at all. I mean, it all began to escalate when the person who was doing the test began blowing air into my eyeball. Like, have you ever had that take place? He was blowing air like into my eyeball. I mean, who does that? See, they were trying to blow air into the eye and then they take photos of the eyeball. And this poor guy had to take like 15 tries to get a photo of my eyeball because I just couldn't keep it still. There is no amount of warning you that prepares you for a shot of air into your eye. And he kept saying to me, you know, can you keep your eyes still so I can get a photo? And I kept thinking, well, if you would just stop blowing air into my eye, I'd be able to keep my eyes still. Well, he managed to get the photo and I learned in that moment that I needed glasses. And I can remember the moment when I was able to test out the prescription that I would be having. Wow, what a revelation. All of a sudden I could see things I couldn't see before. I mean, things looked so different with my prescription on and I realised it's amazing what you don't know until you know. But before you know, there's a whole bunch that you don't know that you didn't know until you know, and then you know, right? I had to, I just had no idea that there were things that I could not see in my own world until someone gave me the tools to see them clearly. And I read a quote the other day and it said this, it said, it's impossible to learn something you think you already know. You know, there will be some seasons in our life where God actually wants to teach you something that requires positioning you in an environment where you can see clearer, where all of a sudden you become aware of your own vulnerability and weakness. You know, sometimes it's in the most difficult seasons that we get insight into our own humanity because God actually wants to work in our character more than anything else. But it's impossible for Him to do a work in our character on the inside of us if we're in a place where we're super comfortable and super complacent. And so what He's trying to do in some of these difficult seasons is He's trying to shift us to a place of awareness and acceptance. And it's all so that He can do a work in us. In James 1 verse 2 to 4, it says this, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. 
See, God is more interested in your character than He is in your comfort because He knows that it's in the Fridays and the Saturdays of our lives that build character in you that the comfort zone never could. Know at this time that Christ is at work in you. The second thing I wanna say to your church is this, Christ is at work for you. He's at work for you. About a year ago, Steve and I bumped into an old friend of the family, of Steve's family. And uh, she was a lady that had been, they'd known for many, many years. See, Steve's, and she, she, she was chatting to him. She hadn't seen him for a long time. She was chatting to him and she said, what are you doing now? And he, he told her about how he was pastoring a church and told her about our church and everything we were doing as a church and all the wonderful people here. And he was telling her about it and she just was absolutely blown away. She said, I'm just amazed at what God has done. She said, who would have known that at one of the babies that I prayed for all those years ago would be right here now doing this and impacting so many. You see, Steve is one of twins. He's a twin. And at the time when his mom had the twins, she also had a couple of toddlers. And so she was trying to manage twins and toddlers. And one day she was down at the supermarket and she was struggling. She was having just a, a day that was all too overwhelming. And she was trying to get the shopping done. She was, she was having the big, big white trolley, uh, uh, pram and toddlers trying to keep control of them at the same time. And it was just a hard day. And there was a lady, a complete stranger, who looked upon her and saw that she was in distress, went over to her, introduced herself and said, I would love to help you. And so from that day on, she began to turn up at her house every single week. And she would help. She would just help with laundry. She would help with dinner. Uh, she would help with the kids and she would put them down to sleep. And she would also pray. She would stand in the room of those twin boys and she would pray. You know what? When we left her, we uh, were chatting about it. And, and I said to Steve, I'm absolutely amazed that even though Steve didn't come to faith until he was 18 years old, that from that conversation, it was so clear to see that not only was when he was a baby, but also in his primary years and his high school years, there were so many moments and interactions along the way where you can see God working in the background of his life, where God was strategically orchestrating moments and conversations that would invite God in to speak to Him. And they all culminated into who He was and what He was doing and where He was today. You see, even though He didn't meet God until He was older, God was never absent from His life. And I don't know how absent you feel like God is from your life and your circumstance right now, but can I reassure you and remind you that God is always working in the background. He is always working behind the scenes, orchestrating encounters and moments and conversations that would draw you nearer to Him that one day would be revealed to you as His plan all along. Because church, I have to remind you that Christ is at work for you. He is working for you. The third and final thing that I believe God is doing in our circumstances is this. Christ is at work through you. He's at work through you. See, 
What amazes me about God being at work in our difficulties is not simply that He's at work in us, and it isn't even that He is working for us, but I think one of the greatest miracles in all that happens is that Christ is actually working through us. And I think there's something incredibly powerful about the work that God can do through you, even in a difficult season, because it's your biggest mess that can become your greatest message. Because when your trial becomes your triumph, all of a sudden the attention moves from your circumstance to the God who overcomes any circumstance. There's a final story I'd love to share with you and it's about another man in the Bible who died and was resurrected. And his name was Lazarus. And Lazarus had two sisters and when Lazarus became ill, they sent word to Jesus and they said, Jesus, the one that you love is sick. But Jesus didn't turn up and Lazarus died. And it wasn't until four days later that Jesus shows up on the scene. And we pick up our story in John chapter 11, starting at verse 30. And I'm gonna read it to you. It says, Jesus had stayed outside the village at the place where Martha met him. When the people who were at the house consoling Mary saw her leave so hastily, they assumed she was going to Lazarus's grave to weep. Listen to this. It says, so they followed her there. So they followed her there. Remember that. When Mary arrived and and saw Jesus, she fell at His feet and said, Lord, if only You'd been here, my brother would not have died. Ever felt like Mary? (laughs) Ever felt like if Jesus had just shown up in your circumstance, maybe it would have been different? Ever felt like, God, where were You? Why didn't You do something? I know we've all been in those situations. We've all felt like Mary. Let's read on though. It says, when Jesus was, saw her weeping and saw the people, the other people wailing with her, a deep anger welled up within him and he was deeply troubled. Where have you put him? He asked. They told him, Lord, come and see. Then Jesus wept. The people who were standing nearby said, see how much he loved him. But some said, this man here, the blind man, couldn't he have kept Lazarus from dying? Jesus was still angry as He arrived at the tomb. A cave was with a stone rolled across its entrance. Roll the stone aside, Jesus told them. But Martha, the dead man's sister, protested, Lord, He's been dead for four days. The smell will be terrible. I love the practicality that Martha brings to every situation. Jesus responded, didn't I tell you that you would see God's glory if you believe? So they rolled the stone aside. Then Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, thank you for hearing me. You always hear me, but I said it out loud for the sake of all the people standing here so that they may believe you sent me. Then Jesus shouted, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out, his hands and feet bound with grave clothes, his face wrapped in a headcloth. And Jesus told him, unwrap him and let him go. You know, one evening a few weeks ago, it was before we were all sent into lockdown. We had some friends over at our house and they were just leaving our home. And as we were going back into our house and they were getting into their car, the sun had set, it was well and truly dark. And all of a sudden, Steve began shouting. He said, come, come look, come look. 
He was getting all excited and he ran into the house. He said, come, you've got to see this. Come, get your phone, bring it. You've got to see this. And so we all quickly run outside and we look up into the sky and there we saw it. We saw the SpaceX Starlink satellites, a phenomenal sight, a line of about 40 satellites in perfect line going across the sky, moving perfect in perfect unison across the sky, these satellites were going. There was about 40 of them. It was absolutely amazing to watch. And we all stood there in awe as we watched this phenomenon take place. Steve was so excited about it. He didn't want anyone to miss it. And he shouted and he gathered and he called us in and he came and he got our attention so that we wouldn't miss the exciting scene that was taking place in our very own skies. Do you know that I think God does the same for you and I? I think when there's a miracle to be witnessed, God will use whatever He needs to to get our attention and gather His people in. And what I have learned about going through difficult seasons is that God actually wants us to take others on the journey with us so that they too may see the miracle that He wants to unfold in our lives. Sometimes, sometimes God will ask you to wait just a little bit longer. He'll ask you to wait just a little bit longer to see your miracle. He'll ask you to wait just a little bit longer to see that answer to prayer, to see that expected response. Not because He's mean and He wants you to wait. Not because He wants you to struggle through or He takes delight in our distress. But because He wants you to share your journey with someone else, that someone else might see the miracle too. That like Mary, others might follow us and be present when our miracle takes place that others might see that even in the most difficult of circumstances, God's power is at work through you. And I don't know what you're journeying through right now in your own personal circumstance, but I do know that collectively as a church and as a nation and as a globe, we are currently walking through an unprecedented circumstance that could, could cause us to question our faith and question where God is. And today on this Good Friday, as I'm sure the disciples would have been feeling much the same on their Friday, I just wanna remind you that Jesus, God hasn't left you. He's simply working in you, He's working for you, and He's working through you. Church, would you let me pray for you wherever you are today? Father, we thank You, Lord, that You never leave us or forsake us. And even today, as we come around this concept of Good Friday and we remember You and what You did for us on the cross and we think about the great loss that would have been for all of Your friends and all the disciples. God, we consider our own circumstance right now. But I thank You, Lord, that through everything, God, You can take whatever the enemy is meant for evil and you turn it for good. Right now, I'm believing that in homes and lives all around this nation, that God, You are at work. You're not only working in us 
so that you can build character in us. You not only are you working behind the scenes for us, orchestrating moments for us to have revelation about you, but God, you are also working through us. Lord, would you show us who is in our life that we need to bring along with us on the journey that they too might witness the miracles that are around and about us. God, open our eyes to who you are and where you are, even in this season. We ask all of this in Jesus' Name, Amen. You know, I wanna do one more thing before we close our service today. We never leave a service without offering an opportunity for someone to come to know Jesus. And perhaps you're tuning into our Good Friday service today and you wouldn't normally come to church. Maybe it's your first time watching us online and we're so glad that you're here and I wanna speak straight to you today. And I also wanna speak to you if you, maybe you've known God, perhaps you grew up in church, but if you were honest, you would say that right now you're actually far from Him. Do you know, I think there is no better day than Good Friday to come to a revelation about who Christ is and the gift that He gave us on the cross all those years ago. You see, He loves you. He loves you with an everlasting, no strings attached kind of love. And His greatest desire is that He would be in relationship with you. Do you know He's got plans for you? He has got the most wonderful plans and He wants to bless you and He wants to see you live a life of fulfilment and contentment in Him under His purposes and His promises. But do you know that there is uh, sin in this world our sin is simply the wrong, the, the wrong things that we do. It's the moments when we turn our back from Him and we do things our own way instead of God's way. And all of that sin, it actually separates us from God. It separates us from a holy God and we can't be in relationship with Him and we cannot spend eternity with Him with that in our lives. But in His mercy and grace, God so desperately wanted you in His world, to be in relationship with you, to have communion with you and to build the bridge that in His mercy and grace, He sent His Son Jesus, not to condemn the world, not to judge the world, but to bring you grace and to bring you forgiveness. And so Jesus came, He walked a sinless, perfect life and then He died a sinner's death on a cross and He took the punishment that both you and I deserved for our sin and He took it upon Himself and He died and then He rose again to conquer death on the cross so that you and I might come back into relationship with Him, experience new life today and an eternity with Him. And the Bible says that if we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth, then we are saved. And I'm gonna pray a prayer in just a moment. And if you today are sitting wherever you are in your home, you're sitting there and you're saying, that's what I need in my life. Maybe right now you just feel your heart pounding and you know that God is speaking directly to you. Well, I wanna encourage you to join with us as we pray this prayer today. Join me, make it your own prayer. Believe it with everything that you've got. We say, dear Jesus, thank You that You went to the cross for me. Thank You that You forgive me of all the wrong in my life. I ask You to come into my life. Make me brand new today. Come, be my Lord and my Saviour. I turn from my old life and I begin today a brand new life with You. Thank You for the plans and the purposes that You have for me and that I can now spend an eternity with You. In Jesus' Name, Amen.
I just wanna say to you, if you prayed that prayer for the first time or maybe for the first time in a long time, we just wanna say how proud we are of the decision that you've made. We believe it is the best decision you could ever make and we wanna celebrate with you and say, well done, you have made a phenomenal, phenomenal decision and God bless you.